pop culture questions only one podcast knows. Nerds that know. Rated R. Now, normally, this is when we would say, from the greatest minds from around the world, this is the Nerds That Know. But as you can see this evening, it is just Bobby and Tank. In fairness, we are the greatest minds of Nerds That Know. And the rest of them are all, you know, sitting in their perspective dungeons, very sad that they are not with us tonight. So... Uh, but we shall go on. The show must continue and move forward and all that jazz. So uh, Tank is with me tonight to have a more condensed show with probably fewer tangents uh, and, you know, also less dinosaur dick jokes because Fox isn't here. Less. Just less. This is true. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, jump right in with news that is uh, kind of not a surprise, but Scarlett Johansson uh, and Disney. Yes, so Disney has officially decided they are no longer working with Mrs. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, so you'll remember from last week... Uh, we were talking a little bit about the fact that uh, Disney had uh, Scarlett Johansson has filed a breach of contract suit uh, with Walt Disney um, because when Black Widow aired on Disney Plus, she did not get any monies. No, they. Uh, it's point based strictly on box office sales have not even hit their minimum yet. Right. Uh, and so it's looking like $50 million that she's been shorted. Which is a lot. So. Yeah. And she has a lot of money, but that's a lot of money to lose out, especially on your one big movie. This is your big final thing. Yeah. And, and in fairness, it's, I don't think for her, it's as much about the money as it is about the breach of contract. I would, I would agree. I don't think it's so much that she's losing out anything specific. Uh, it's the idea that she basically was told to go screw herself based on the contract that she signed originally. Yeah. Uh, even Kevin Feige has publicly said that he's embarrassed about this whole situation. Uh, he, and I think he specifically mentioned Disney's side of things trying to utilize the pandemic as a source of defense by Disney who mm-hmm. has hired half of their staff and still made more money than they ever have this last year. Yeah. That's exactly what he's saying. So um, that's pretty ridiculous that they're going to try and scapegoat when they did what they've done. But yep. I guess that's why they make so much money. Yeah. Because they screw the little guy. I mean, most of your uh, Disney actors are going to be unpaid interns or paid minimum wage. A big chunk of them, probably. So, 
Hey, uh, mom, thanks for joining. Uh, everybody else has decided that Tank and I are too cool for them. Uh, and so they are at home crying. Uh, they will be nursing their wounds for the next few days. Uh, but they'll, everybody will be back uh, minus Stash on Monday when we would normally be recording. Uh, Mom says she likes it when it's just the two of us better. But in fairness, she can hear this same conversation over family dinner this weekend. Almost any given Saturday or Sunday. Right. Uh, So, yeah, um, the big thing with Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for this breach of contract is it's opening up the door to so many other people uh, being able to sue other streaming services for the same thing. Um, Especially with a a lot of the stuff that is coming out or has already come out or is coming out very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, I have in particular, I think Dune might have some backlash on it because that was supposed to be a theater only originally Suicide Squad's probably going to have some backlash on it because they had a decent chunk of well-known actors in that movie Yeah, that are going to see their back end just disappear. Yeah, um, I've heard rumors about uh, A Quiet Place 2. Yeah, that one's going to be a rough one. Um, Emily Blunt and was it John... John Krasinski. Krasinski, thank you. I was like, Krasowski is not right. Um, Yeah, so there's talk about the two of them also filing suit. Uh, yeah, Emma Stone. Already kind of mentioned that that may happen. Yeah, she said that she's still thinking about it. Um, so for Cruella. So again, most of these people, I mean, some of them, you know, who are going to file suit are going to be after the funds. But for the most... <laughs> Uh, one of our viewers says it's John Krishnakamakamakamaba, and then there's lots and lots of consonants. Mm. Well, so, thank you, Mark, for your help with that. Eastern European last names for a thousand, Alex. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's more about the breach of contract than it is about the money. Yeah, I'm assuming some that are probably, you know, there's going to be a few people that are probably going to say something just because they're going to be shorted on their pay. But realistically, with the actors that have said something to this point and the ones most likely to have some sort of grievance is going to be people that are well-known and are getting paid decently, but are getting paid decently on the back end, on sales. That's where a big chunk of them make their money. So... Having that, having that not happen anymore. Because most of these movies, once they go through the theater process, they're not even making their advertising revenue back. Like, um, for the, the, I know a big one that's coming up, the new James Bond movie, mm-hmm. for it to break even, it needs to make $900 million. That is ridiculous. Because its advertising is somewhere in the four hundred million range, and they have to split fifty percent of the front office with the theaters, and that's you know that's actually fairly common is that they split a huge chunk of the original 
usually it's the first couple weeks to first month of sales. And most of them see that huge money in the first week. And that's when the theater takes their money out of it. Yeah. So. But we're still in lockdown in different parts of the world. Um, A lot of places in the U.S. are going back to mask mandates uh, with this new strain, our new variant. You know, yeah. Yeah, I went there. Um, you know, who knows what we're going to see next? Well, and unfortunately, I think what I, and I, not necessarily unfortunately, I think what we're going to see next is actors negotiating a different contract moving forward, saying, hey, if this is streaming services at the same time that it's going to movie theaters, or if it's just going to bypass movie theaters, I want my money up front. I I agree. And it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, even if they can figure out a way to take a percentage of streaming revenue. Because I guess most people don't recognize this. Hollywood for the past decade has been existing on back end deals. Almost all the money that goes to actors comes out after its theater release. Most of it, they're not being paid up front. People being paid up front are production companies, extras, you know, stuff like that. Smaller actors, it's where their contracts aren't huge. But with the bigger named actors, a lot of them get their money after the movie comes out. And if that's not happening, then they're not going to be making any movies. No. I mean, these are people who are the reason we're going to watch these movies. For some of them, yeah. I mean, and it not, didn't necessarily start that way, but some of these actors, they've developed a name over time, but that's why their second contract usually is all back-end finance. Right. You know, it's like uh, with Scarlett Johansson and Widow, she was the name. She was the character. Everybody went to see her. You know? And if they had replaced her with, you know, any other actress... I don't care who it was. The whole thing would have flopped. I mean, oh, as yeah, it, it is, it's not it's doing so fabulous. Yeah. Well, and even notably, she had taken shorter or smaller deals through you know, her first couple of years. Mm-hmm. So when she was getting, this was her big payday out of the MCU. This was the one that was actually going to get her the money that RDJ got, the money that Chris Evans got. And it you wasn't know. even the money that they got. No, no, it was still less than that, but it was going to be. But it was her turn. Yeah, it was going to be close enough. She was finally going to get her big solo movie and get the big payday on the back end, finally. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to get a tenth, maybe, of what she was going to get at this point. Yeah. And who knows uh, what the ruling will come down on you know, with her uh, in this court case, if she's going to get what is currently owed to her, if she's going to get more than that, or if she's going to get less than that. Um, Honestly, I think it's probably going to come down on the side of right around what she's currently owed, because I do think that this will be found as a breach of contract, but that's my opinion. I I don't, disagree with you at all. Depending on, we don't obviously know what how her contract is specifically 
we have a general idea of just based on most of those contracts are written. But I'm guessing that they will cite that as, hey, we understand what is happening with the COVID stuff, but if this movie was released under normal circumstances, what would it have made? Well, and not even going off of you know, that even just saying, okay, well, what would, what is a percentage of your revenue from um, streaming sales? Because this one, unlike something on HBO Max, where if you are an HBO Max subscriber, you automatically get the movies. Mm-hmm. With Disney, it was the premium or premiere or whatever. So it's that $30 to buy the movie. And I don't remember what the exact numbers were on it. They were huge right. for uh, streaming, and those are $30 a pop. So, so you know, maybe she'll just get whatever percentage of that. Yeah. Probably have to be in the road, road 10%, I'm assuming, to potentially get her close to where she needs to be on that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on to uh, another movie, uh, and that is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's the first one. No, no, because they listened to the fans. And it somehow was one of the highest films last year, which is hilarious and only makes sense in the context that the last year didn't really have theater anything. Yeah. um, But I guess it was enough to unsurprisingly go in on a a Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And my favorite part about this is that we're getting (laughs) Idris Elba playing Knuckles, which is hilarious. Oh, I love that man's voice. I do too. Right? Like, I could just listen to him read me the phone book. And the fact that he has gone from oh, Suicide Squad to to this, it just, I think it's hilarious. Uh, now, he has done other cartoons, um, and he has done a lot of other voice acting. Uh, he was in Finding Dory. He was in Zootopia. Uh, but you know, uh, I just I think this is going to be fantastic, and I'm I'm wondering how big of a part Knuckles will actually have in this movie. Um, I'm assuming a decent amount because the way it seems that they're pushing it is that he's going to be. Not the uh, antagonist in this movie. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to decent amount of it. Yeah. And it, it's possible that they were like, oh, Knuckles will have this small bit. Wait, hold on. <laughs> we got Elba. Knuckles now has a much bigger part. Yeah, potentially. I mean, that's how I would do it. Interesting choice. 
Yeah, absolutely. For you know, not only the production team for that movie, and also for Idris Elba, who we is completely cool with still being our team. Yeah, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he wants to, you know, he wants to work no matter. Well, and he's one of those actors who can really choose what he wants to do. Like oh, he, he doesn't have to do anything. No, not at this point. He's he. It's really up to him on what he wants to do now. So if he wants to do Sonic, good for him. Yeah. So this is just he's like, yeah, that looks like fun. I'll do that one. Well, you have to assume it. He's basically just going to go to a studio or probably has a studio in his house. I'm assuming where he's just going to sit down, you know, and his sweats and record this. During during the day, we'll just get it all put away because it's a it's gonna be a hundred percent CGI. I'm assuming they're not gonna mocap him. So I I don't think that he would fit that body type. Probably not. But they may want to film him doing it just for facial expressions. Uh, potentially they might. I mean, because um, what is it? Jody Benson, I believe, is if I'm thinking the right actress. Um, in Beauty and the Beast, uh, when Belle con- is constantly pushing her one like strand of bangs back behind her, you know, behind her ear or out of her face, that was a character movement of the actress while she was doing the voicing. So they'll take the the facial expressions, or you know, the body move, uh, the posture, not necessarily the actual body movements. But, you know, stuff like that to really just um, make the character, the the animated character and the voice character uh, merge really well and make them, you know, one as, as a whole. Which you can still do completely virtual. Yeah, totally can do it totally virtual. Um, but... Good for him. Yeah. Good for Sonic. Good for Sonic. Actually, you know, yeah. Just all about to do their movie. That's weird. Yep. That's a weird thing to say. When's the last time or ever did you think, hey, you know who would make a really good movie together? Jim Carrey and Idris Elba. <laughs> like that has never entered my mind. That combo. No, well, no, Kick-Ass would be the only time I could think that you could potentially fit that in, just because of Colonel Stars and Stripes. You could probably do Eater Zelda in there somewhere. Maybe. But that would be about it. Yeah, so. All right, let's see what the filming. Uh, the Sandman series uh, for... Netflix. This is based on the uh, Neil Gaiman book. Has finally finished filming. It is now currently in production. On uh, you know where they take the you know hundreds upon hundreds of hours of filming and you know splice things together and figure it all out. Yeah, because they've done the they did, they did all the uh, principal photography, so now they it's going to be 
a giant pile of post-production. Yes. And if everything goes well, we should see this movie or the series in a year. Um, less than that is what they're anticipating. They're saying, you know, 2022, um, you know, so could be early 2022, could be fall, could be December. If they can put together a quick post-production, maybe. And since it is a mini series, you know, and not just, you know, or series uh, as, as a whole, instead of individuals, you know, if they can just get the first couple of episodes ready. Yeah. I just, I'm assuming it will not be 2021. No, it will definitely be 2022. Because I don't think they could push it even December would be a tough call. I would expect spring, maybe summer of 2022. I'm expecting spring, um, but we could also get this rolled out in fall because of the type of series that it is. Potentially, if you want to try and draw the spooky crowd. Yeah. But Neil Gaiman's going to have a decent amount of buy-ins early on this series just because of his he has a pretty big following. Yes, he does. So I'm assuming he's going to get a decent amount of people that are going to want to watch it no matter when it comes out. This is so true. I guess maybe if you want to try and grab some of the you know normies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you were... rather unconventional story, might push the ball. Yeah. Um, now it does say that this is season one of the series. Oh yeah, this is. I'm, I'm guessing they're probably going to so... do at least three, probably five seasons of Sandman. So yeah, can... we'll we'll have to see because you know, like um, with American Gods and. Another Neil Gaiman, you know, we weren't sure what all we were going to get because there's only one book. Yeah, and that was it. But and that was we probably could have gotten more out of that. But I, but Sandman the has a, series started to suck. Yeah, Sandman has a lot of more backstory, and then it was a lot. It ran a lot longer, and it, there, I believe, is still an active Sandman comic right now. I believe you are correct. So, and they could go into so many other things. This, I mean, the Sandman universe connects to that is his biggest universe because there's a lot of stuff connected to that. Like, you could potentially see some sort of Lucifer crossover, some kind of Constantine crossover into it, stuff like that. So, well, and. They've already um, said that appearing in season one. Exactly. And so, I would expect this to last for at least three years, and then you'll probably get a couple spinoffs of it, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, this this one should be a pretty good success for Netflix. I think. Just based on the name alone, if he tells a halfway interesting story with it. And it already is a highly interesting story. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. I mean, that Jupiter Ascending one kind of... (laughs) That was a halfway interesting story. 
And if nothing else, you got to see uh, what's his face with no clothes on. That's true. I'm, I'm, I'm being an ass, but I think I think the issue that Jupiter Sending had was it was it stupid. Out, it came out after the boys and after Invincible, and after seeing those two things, you really have to push the envelope coming in that close, and it couldn't do that. I. And I think that's where it lost its audience. This one, this one's going to be a lot darker tones, a lot, a lot more on the spooky side of things. So it's probably going to draw people in pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited about seeing it. Um, I'm excited about some of the people they have in the cast. You yeah, know. good cast. So. Um, you know, they have been trying to get this created since 1991. Um, you know, they were, there were talks about turning it into a film adaptation, you know, or a mini series or whatever, whatever. Um, and then Netflix just kind of stepped in and said, nope, it's mine. Um, and that was back in 2019. I think for... Simon specifically, any series was a better route. There's a lot of more, there's a lot of small things that happen that you can't jam into a two-hour movie. Yeah, and the thing that we talked about previously is that when you're talking about something with the source material being a book series or a comic book series or something along those lines, doing something... Um, like a mini series, uh, like you know the MCU as a whole, you know where it's not a one and done. Yeah, lets you stay so much truer to source material. And I think he's really pushing for that because he he's one of the few people that takes his comic books seriously. He really tried to create interesting stories. And he does take his work seriously. So, yeah. Him, you know, wanting the details to be right seems like it lends itself better to the series format. I agree. So, we'll see what Netflix does with it. Um, Netflix has been, in my opinion, series side of things. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens next. But you mentioned the boys, and that's why Jupiter Sending did not do so great. Uh, but boys season three trailers, um, we've gotten some of those. Yeah, we did. And new heroes, or anti-heroes, or... A little bit of everything. Yes. <laughs> A little bit of what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of bit of what. But it should be cool. Uh, they've kind of highlighted some of their new characters, which is good. So it's going to get people trying to figure out what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, the, they focused heavily, uh, at least for me, on uh, Supersonic, who is an interesting character. So, with an interesting backstory. So, 
that should be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of what we've seen so far for the boys um, leading up to to the new season is just stuff about Jensen Eccles um, and Soldier Boy. The Soldier Boy, yes. Um, because it was such a big deal that Supernatural had ended after, what was it, 15 seasons? I believe so. Uh, and now he's gone over to another TV show uh, without... Uh, Jared Padalecki and changed his physical appearance and, you know, all of this other stuff. So that has really been a big focus for the boys amp up. Mm. But now, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, we get it. He's going to be in it, but guess what you're going to get? Look at, look at, you're going to get the boys again. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of, A lot more expansion, I think, on the background story when they start adding these other characters in, which is good, honestly, because they've they've done a decent amount on you know Vought and everything like that. But I think we're going to be getting more of the uh, Church of the Collective stuff, which is in an interesting direction. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the um the new characters that we got, you know, released in, in this, uh, most recent trailer, you know, definitely. I, I'm interested to see what happens. Like, but I, I love the boys anyway. I love it's gritty, dark humor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, the fact that we're seeing this and um, that, you know, we're, we're getting so much um, in the LGBTQ and, you know, um, new hero, new villains and, you know, plus want to see how Homeland. Uh, it, it, I'm sure they're going to take a pretty deep dive into that. Um, I know we're going to be getting a lot more Starlight's past. Yeah. Just for the fact that they're bringing in Supersonic, they're going to probably push into that. And that, Same with the Church of the Collective stuff. You're going to be getting more of what happened with Starlight. Like, so. Yeah, so, and get to see her busy-ass mother. Hmm. Probably a little bit. So, yeah. Capes for Christ. Okay, so that's what's happening with the boys. Uh, let's see. What else we got going on over here? Um, okay. Oh, here we go. <sighs> a TV show that I fully enjoyed was Avatar Last Airbender. We do not discuss the piece of shit movie with the giant fish monster. Oh, you mean the M. M Night Shyamalan classic? M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. (laughs) All right. Oh, for fuck's sake. So 
there was um, a crowdfunding trying to get a new Last Airbender game, yes. uh, a role-playing game. And the goal was a million dollars. Can we get all of the fans of this cartoon to donate anything? One million dollars, goal met in 16 minutes. Yeah, that is impressive, to be honest. And not very surprising either. Um, the surprising part for me is the, the company producing it, a million dollars is not a lot. No, but. For an RPG. But it was done in 16 minutes. So what, if what they if they increase the amount that they need. I'm assuming they're going to have to. Because to get an RPG off the ground is probably going to take more than a million dollars. No, this is a tabletop RPG. Oh, I misread that. Yeah, so it's, it's an oh, officially licensed... Possible. It's an officially licensed, like they had to buy the licensing and get it all approved by Nickelodeon, but it is a tabletop RPG. That's entirely doable then. Oh, good for them. I thought it was going to be a video game. I was like, that's a big bill of of a million dollars. Like a lot of those RPGs cost a... No, this is strictly tabletop for right now. Okay. Then yeah, a million dollars. That's a hell of a head start on that. So, you know, um, it looks like they are looking at, you know, uh, in talks with Nickelodeon to also include an expansion for The Legend of Korra. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm just thinking that if the fans can all come together and give a million dollars for a tabletop RPG. What could we do if we decided to make a movie that didn't suck ass? It would cost a little bit more than that. Just the CGI. Absolutely. But if, like, the goal was, you know, $100 million, you know, I guess what? We would need 100 times 16, so 1,600 minutes. Even then, a hundred million dollars. If you're doing a live action movie, the CGI budget on that is going to have to be enormous. Well, you know, I'm sure that the studio, once they see the the for this, and that the you know fans are willing to fund a large portion of it, you know, they can kick in the rest. I think it's more likely that you potentially get a, another animated version. Yeah, but the animated version was already good. It's just, it, the, the cost and the fact that the first one just crashed and burned as hard as it did and cost like $200 million to make. Okay, but the first one was shit and only covered like half of the first season. Well, I mean, it's also hard to convince... What was it? What is it? There are like 30 episodes a season for that show. Yeah. How do you condense that into two hours? Okay, well, fine. How about a live action miniseries? That's potentially doable. 
do like eight to ten one hour long episodes, you're probably still looking at a three three hundred to four hundred million dollar budget. Again, if we can provide a hundred million dollars from the fans, then a studio can fork up the rest. I'm assuming Netflix would probably actually jump on that. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it would be it would be a beautiful thing. Agreed. Um, as it is, I am not uh, very big into RPGs, whether they be uh, on console, computer, or tabletop, just because I, per, instead of rolling for charisma, I like to say, you know what, motherfucker, I have charisma. Um, it's not fair that my character only has so many points. Um, but... I do think I would want to play this one. This is going to have a big audience. I, I can if it, if it is a tabletop game, this is going to have a pretty big audience, I think. Now, here's the question. Which nation would you play? I'd be Fire Nation, more than likely. Yeah. I'm rather aggressive, so I'm assuming the play style would be aggressive from them. See, and I'm torn between wanting to be uh, water or air. Mm. Like, I don't want to be an earthbender. (laughs) But I feel like you need one from every nation to have a good campaign. Probably. You know, which is the whole point of the TV series anyway, is they like pick up randos from each nation. Yeah, I'm assuming this is going to, it would probably have to be a four player minimum to make it really into an interesting battle, into an interesting story. Yeah, or, or maybe, you know, you're not allowed to play Fire Nation because you're still trying to, you know, defeat the Fire Nation. Or you're playing Fire Nation, but you're more like the Zuko side of Fire Nation instead of the Azula side of Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, I, um, that'd be cool, though. It'd be fun to play. At least give it a shot. Yeah. I'm wondering how long it would take. I'm guessing it'd be a long gameplay. Well, I mean, most uh, traditional D&D style, you know, uh, RPG campaigns are, you know, not the one-offs. No, they're... You know, like, um, while we're normally recording on Monday nights, and the reason our beloved Fox was not with us on Monday uh, is that uh, Fox's girlfriend is part of a Pathfinder campaign that has been going for over a year now. Um, with that same group of characters, the same DM, and they play every Monday night. You know, I've into Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, good for them. Yeah, I mean, they love it. Yeah. Uh, they've they've lost a couple of people. They've gained a couple of people, but the core group is still there. Did they get Joe Manchinello? No, they did not. I'd sit in on that 
Uh, but I will tell you, if you decide to watch Molly Mayhem on Twitch uh, for Pathfinder, their DM does go into explicit detail on the pervy stuff. Oh, of course. And one of their characters um, is a... Uh, A necromancer who uh, worships at the temple of a goddess of lust and revenge. That probably doesn't end up well for anybody. So she does lots and lots of crazy sex scenes, including apparently having sex with a centaur. She earned her Catherine the Great status. So check that out, Molly Mayhem on Twitch. On um, watch the recorded versions, so you can join us live on Mondays. <laughs> All right. So uh, final item that we have for the dynamic duo show tonight. Um, you get to be Robin. Hmm. <laughs> Is. Um, Mercedes Lackey. Huh? Maybe to pick which Robin? Absolutely. You can be like Nightwing or. Probably be Damien. There you go. You know, as long as I don't have to be Batgirl, we're fine. Uh, Okay. So, uh, Mercedes Lackey, one of my favorite authors of all time, um, has a dozen or more book series um, just within the Valdemar universe. And uh, this is a book series that came out. Let's see. The first book was released in the say late early nineties, trying to find the exact date that the book series came out. Um, but uh, it is the uh, book series of uh, Last Herald Mage, which follows a young gay character, and he you know has magic and does this and that and saves the day and all of this other cool stuff. Uh, one of the beautiful things about Mercedes Lackey is that she writes um, a lot in strength of LGBTQ. And in very strong female characters who will end up coming in and saving the day. Um, she'll rewrite fairy tales where the female character is the, the hero as well as the damsel in distress. Um, but they are turning this uh, three book serology into... Um, a mini series for TV. So it's going to be Kit Williamson, Brittany Cavallaro, and uh, Radar Pictures are working together on this. Uh, Kit Williamson is best known for the LGBTQ comedy Eastsiders um, with Netflix. Uh, Brittany Cavallaro, who wrote the Charlotte Holmes book series. Um, you, she's helping do the adaptation, and so, uh, so the first season 
of this show is going to be, oh, here we go. Magic's Pond first published in 1989. Okay. So, yeah. So, it is going to be a TV show, not just a mini, so it's going to be a mini series. Um, as I was looking for the date of when the first book came out, uh, where season one is going to be the first book. Season two is the second book. Season three will be the third book. So how long would this series run? So that is just that trilogy. So if they choose to move on to another one of the books um, in the Valdemar series, she does a lot of one-offs or uh, trilogies or, you know, even just like, you know, two books for a character where it takes you through the full um, character arc of someone. That's pretty cool. So this could last a while then if they do it. Yeah. Let me see. How many books are in Valdemar? I want to say it's over 20. Oh, wow. Is that an active series? Yes. I asked that already. No. So let's see. Um, let's see how many Valdemar books are there? Uh, it looks like at least thirty-nine. Just wow. from what I've been able to see so far. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and then that is only one of the universes she's created. That's fairly prolific to write that many stories. In, so, yeah. Um, in this universe, she's covered over 3,000 years of this universe. From the very beginning when the whole universe was created, all the way through... The, the present day of Whatever the universe. Thing is, you know. Yeah. So it's, and like I said, that's only one of her series. Wow. Uh, one of the universes she's created. She also has a 500 kingdoms series, uh, which is uh, retelling fairy tales. And she has a um, elemental mages and masters series, you know, which is obviously, you know, magicians to go with each element. And so, yeah, it's, it's intense. Um, and I highly recommend her, especially uh, because even when there are sex scenes in the book, it's more like, hey, they're going to have sex now. Let's move on. Um, so it's okay for a YA. So like... Um, I would suggest Ella read these books. Okay. You know, for those of you who have been following us and fans for a while, you know that Tank and I have a niece, Ella, uh, who will occasionally do book and or movie reviews or go to comic cons with us uh, and then give us the young person's perspective and when we have her joining us, uh, I say fuck a lot less often. I still say it, but it's less often. Uh. You know, she's 13. She's heard the word fuck before. She's heard worse from her own father. Probably. All right. So that is wrapping up uh, our 
dynamic duo show for the evening. Uh, Tank, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, we'll be getting into some of the stuff that you probably are waiting for us to talk about with uh, What If, um, Suicide Squad, all the things that have happened in the last week or so. We'll get to that. We just want to have more of our cast here. Exactly. Uh, open up the discussion a little bit more, especially on those topics. Yeah, um, we're sure that Smurf will have very strong feelings about both What If and Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, um, and we're going to be doing, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, Stargirl started yesterday, What If started today, um, Titan Season 3, and Star Trek Lower Decks will start tomorrow. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff next week that we'll get a little bit more into. Oh, and free comic book day on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so Friday the 13th, followed by free comic book day. Yep. So. Try not to get killed on Friday so you get free comic books on Saturday. Or, you know, if you get killed on Friday, then have your spirit haunt someone who is then able to get a free comic book on Saturday. There you go. But, you know, hey. Uh, we wish you all no death uh, and <laughs> hope that you join us on Monday next week when we will be back to our regularly scheduled, you know, time. Uh, but this week, Monday, we were fighting with much um, crap feelings. The air pollution with the fires uh, up here has just been absolutely atrocious. So we had uh, three of us down for the count on Monday and another three down today. But you know what? The important thing is that Tank and I were here. Exactly. So on that note, normally Smurf would say something about running fast. But I say, you know what? Walk softly, carry a big stick. <laughs> so, you know, it's almost Friday the 13th. Have fun with Get that. Yes, carry a big machete. Get your ho- hockey mask and machete. Yeah, wear a striped sweater. Everybody will be happy. There you go. All right. We will see you guys on Monday. Thanks so much.